0: We acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on the unceded, ancestral, and occupied traditional territory of the Anishinaabe Nation, the people of the three fires known as Ojibwe, Odawa, and Potawatomi Nations. And further, we give thanks to the Chippewa of Saugeen and the Chippewa of Nawash, now known as the Saugeen Ojibwe Nation, who are the traditional keepers of this land. In some parts of Canada, treaties were signed with First Nations that gave incoming settlers rights to much of the land, while in other areas, few or no treaties were signed. Unceded land was never given or legally signed away to Britain or Canada. Instead, it was stolen and continues to be occupied and governed by settlers today. As we live, work, surf and play, We say mahalo to the Métis, Inuit, and Indigenous peoples of Turtle Island and from around the world who have stewarded these lands and sacred surf spots for thousands of years. We recognize their amazing resistance, resilience, and strength in the face of ongoing oppression, dispossession, colonial violence, and injustice. In particular, we wish for justice to be brought for the murdered and missing Indigenous women and girls from across our country. We believe that for true healing and harmony to occur, we must reflect and make serious changes while working together as we move forward in truth and reconciliation. We can be better, we can do better. Freshies, welcome to Permastoked. I'm your host, Derek Hyatt. In this podcast, we talk to your favorite surfers and stand-up paddleboarders from across the Great Lakes, Canada, the U.S., and beyond. We take a peek into their lives and find out what it means to be stoked. Is it a natural state of euphoria, elation, a relentless commitment? I also talk to other permastoked individuals with ties to surf culture, such as artists, entrepreneurs, filmmakers, musicians, philanthropists, yogis, and much more. Join us each Monday in learning from these field experts and enthusiasts while being inspired by their undying passion, insights, and rad tales. Permastoke is brought to you by Freshwater Surf Goods, your surf brand devoted to spreading the stoke across the unsalted seas and cultivating pride amongst the surf community. We do this by providing products and apparel that celebrate the awesomeness of both Great Lakes and Canadian surf culture. Stand out in the tribe by rocking our gear. Visit freshwatersurfgoods.com today. Or look for our products in a surf shop near you, such as Surf Sup Eco Shop in Kincardin and Goddard, where you can also find me, Derek Hyatt, teaching surf, sup, and yoga. Would you like to try the fastest growing sport in North America? Right on, because Freshwater Surf has its own stand-up paddleboard school. We offer basic and advanced flatwater courses, SUP surfing and surfing lessons in groups, and both private and semi-private, along with tours, custom experiences, and SUP yoga in and around Owen Sound, Grey Bruce, and other parts of southwestern Ontario. Have fun as you take your skills from OK to Killer with a Paddle Canada Certified Instructor. If you'd rather stay dry, check out our Great Vibes Yoga, Meditation, and Healing program. Aloha is a life force energy of loving and living in harmony with all my relations. Through movement, mantra, meditation, and breath, our classes reveal to seekers how to connect with their true self so they may spread great vibrations and the spirit of aloha throughout the global consciousness. We use powerful yogic technologies and the Hawaiian art of Ho'oponopono to calm the nervous system and leave you feeling uplifted and in harmony with mind, body, and spirit. Enjoy community and a chill atmosphere filled with great vibes and sacred ancient teachings delivered with humor and integrity. In this episode, I chat with two of Toronto's most raddest musicians and surfers, Whaley and Kadima guitarist Tal Weissman. We discuss both their musical and surfing origins and influences, becoming Whaley, moving forward with Kadima, the hospitality of the Toronto surfing scene, and finally, whether or not the music of Jack Johnson is considered cool or passe. Born and raised in Toronto, Whaley blends indie, folk, and pop to create a full band sound and anthem-style sing-alongs, similar to the likes of Vance Joy, The Lumineers, and George Ezra. At age 18, Whaley moved to a small beach town on the east coast of Australia called Koogee. This is where he developed a love and passion for surfing, which he draws a huge amount of inspiration from. His lyrics explore subjects anywhere from heartbreak to self-encouragement that are held together by catchy choruses and sound bites that you won't forget. After moving back to his hometown of Toronto, Whaley released his first single off his forthcoming EP in May of 2020, which he received high praise from the press. After signing with Paris-based published company ORA, he released his newest single, Waiting For You, in August of 2020. Tal Weissman is a Toronto-based producer engineer, songwriter, and professional guitar player. He is an honorary graduate of the Metalworks Institute Audio Production Engineering Program, and has worked with a multitude of both local and international musical acts over the years. His musical work credits range from Canadian rock bands like Black Collar Union, Little Foot Long Foot, and many more. Tell has also worked with EDM and pop acts such as Sean Frank, Automatic Toys, and Twin City. Some more recent credits include playing guitar for rising country singer Justin Tyler and Canadian pop singer Victoria Duffield, as well as production for Christy Palace and Julian Daniel. Tell also contributes both as a songwriter and as a musical producer to the Family Channel and Netflix shows such as The Next Step, Lost and Found and Orphan Black. Tal has also composed music for various commercials for companies such as Mazda, Shoppers Drug Mart, Whirlpool, Nestle, Fiat, and much more. In addition, Tal was the guitarist and one of two primary songwriters for the Ontario rock band, Ascot Royals, with whom he toured Canada multiple times, opening for bands like Big Wreck, Our Lady Peace, and Matthew Good Band, and many more. Their singles, New Skin, Best is Yet to Come, and Evil I Know have received major airplay over rock radio stations as well as streaming platforms. In 2017, they won the Casby Award for Best New Act. These days, Tao plays in a band called Kadima with his longtime musical partner, Jimmy Chavot. This episode was recorded on September 23rd, 2020. It contains explicit language, listener discretion is advised. Now, before we play the interview, I want you guys to sit back, relax, and enjoy the sweet sound of What's It Gonna Take by Whaley off his 2020 EP waiting for you.
1: said it all before, I don't want to spin this broken record anymore, what's it gonna take, my dear, what's it gonna be, cause I.
0: How's it going, dudes? Welcome to Perma Stoked.
2: Yo, yo, going well, man. Stoked.
0: Right yeah. on, man. How are you, dudes?
3: Well, I'm I'm doing great. Thank you. Um, thanks for having us. This is this is awesome. I'm a huge hey. fan, so it's it's an honor.
2: Awesome. Yeah, man. I'm doing super well over here as well. And uh gotta figure out how to do this format here. Make sure I don't talk over anyone. So, no <laughs> but yeah, problem. man, I'm stoked to be here. I love the podcast. Thanks for having me.
0: Right on. So, hey, were you guys in the water today or when's the last time you were out surfing?
2: Uh, Tao, you got that one? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: what is Friday was? This last Friday?
2: I th- uh, think we were out on, yeah, would have been Friday.
3: Yeah, this, this past Friday we kind of, we thought there's going to be like a tiny little, you know, not so good day at at ashbridge's bay but we still decided to go out because we're like any day any day that there's any waves is better than flat and uh yeah we ended up going out and it was actually really good and uh we were even even able to like kind of get some some shortboard waves and it got really clean towards the end and it it was awesome it was like one of those unexpected epic surf days i was so pumped when i got home was just like and we kept talking about it after it was awesome
2: yeah man that was a great day was not expecting that and i don't think anyone else was either because we were one of the few people out there so yeah amazing
3: it was uh it wasn't big enough for the cove to work but it was uh it was really good for ashbridge's bay and it was really clean surprisingly and it was an awesome day
0: nice amazing yeah, I'm going to have to come check those spots out, guys. I uh, I haven't been out to that scene yet, but I'm stoked for, you know, everything I hear about the Cove and all these spots. You guys, uh, so so how long have you guys been a part of the surf community out there?
2: Um, Tal's been a part of it for way longer than I have. Uh, he's kind of the, the dude who brought me into it all, actually.
3: Nice.
2: Um, for me, it's been, I'll be going on my second winter season uh for tau i'm not sure You could probably tell you i
3: i think this this will be i'm just trying to think this will be no this will be actually my third winter uh third maybe fourth I, I i keep losing track i think it was for me like somewhere around uh i think the winter of 2018 maybe that i kind of really got into it um yeah and that's basically when i got back into surfing period so, so, you
0: know, most people are chasing the endless summer. I mean, out here, we're chasing the endless winter.
2: <laughs> yeah, until it freezes over, man.
0: Yeah, the real Canadian surf scene. <laughs> so uh, It's definitely odd. Yeah, so how does surfing, uh, you know, we'll get into your musical origins and whatnot, but while we're on the topic of surfing, how does uh, surfing pl- influence your music?
2: It's a Great question. And I think probably about a month ago, I was doing a podcast with Tao as well. And I would have answered this question entirely differently. Um, but I think now it's definitely a, an escape mm. from music. Um, but it does influence it in so many ways here, particularly, particularly in Ontario. I think the community actually has a big part to do. do with uh, how it influences the music because you get to meet all these people and their interest in what you're doing you start building little connections whether it's with the you know the the guys at the surf shop or or, you know people out at the lineup that you find out they're into film or something like that and you guys start doing something but i think there's so many different angles you could look at it Uh, but in the past month or so it's been a great escape and that's influenced my music for the better because it's just giving me time to, to take a breather.
0: Yeah. So music, uh, you know, it, it becomes a job after a while. Right. So surfing is actually some reprieve from that.
3: Well, I think, I think surfing, uh, especially in the great lakes is such a difficult thing to do. It's such a, you know, th- there's so much that goes on, it goes into it, you know, as opposed to ocean surfing where there's, you know, So much more forecasting and having to be able to respond to things in the moment whether it's choosing the day you're going surfing or choosing what wave to paddle into you know it's everything is moving so fast that i think it doesn't allow you a second to think about music and i think most musicians i know who are like like you know what i call lifers Mm -hmm. um, they think about it all the time and this is one of the only situations where You know you're in the water you don't have your phone on you you don't have any way to record anything and you don't have your mind can't even think about a new lyric or a new song or anything so it's it's a it's an experience that's completely detached from making music in that sense and i think once you're out of the water and you you know you make it back to the car and you take your wetsuit off and you get home and you wash your gear and you're like exhausted because you just basically paddled nonstop for five hours it kind of cleanses you of any, you know, negative residue you may have had in your life. And then the next time you write a song, it's like, it's, it's a fresh perspective. And I, I find it's, it's made my, my music a lot better just because I'm better mentally. So
0: yeah, yeah, it's truly a meditative state. eh? So you, you guys are saying that surfing is uh, provides you that space in between music to really just, Drop everything, let your mind go and be refreshed for when uh, writing or inspiration needs to be turned back on again.
2: Yeah, I would say so for sure. I think I was arguing this probably about a month ago, like I said, but things have really ramped up recently and (laughs) I think I get it now.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, well,
0: you're riding down the line there, so I think you're doing all right out there.
2: Yeah, that's that's pure luck, man. Uh, That's pure luck. It just happened to be at the right place, the right time. I think Tal and I were out on Lake Erie and out of, you know, just fate. I just caught a beautiful right and I I was like on it. I'm like, man, I'm going to get barreled on this. And uh, (laughs) it was a great wave and I couldn't believe it. The next morning Tal sends me an Instagram photo he's like dude check this photo out man someone got you on the wave and it was just like surreal moment for me
3: i just have to say it wasn't fate when we paddled out that day and i saw the waves and i saw you know where we were and how you know how everything was lining up i was like you're gonna get a good one today man i i know it this is the day and literally he got that one and i saw it from the from the back i saw him drop into it i was like Oh my God. Like, it was like, this is, this is his wave. And sure enough, it was that one. So Yeah. Yeah, He's been working for it.
0: That's a great shot guys. You know, I gotta tell you, I am, man, I don't know. Jealous is the right word, but you know, you guys are out there, you're talking about surfing on the great lakes in the lineup. You're talking to all these guys. I mean, I'm thinking back to when I started surfing on the great lakes, the likelihood of me having a conversation with anybody would have been like, I would have had better luck talking to a carp than another person. (laughs) I mean, it just is amazing to hear you guys all out there, uh, collaborating, you know, just man talking to other people. Wow. What a, what an epic scene out there.
3: Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're extremely fortunate. I think we, we came into it at the right time, too, because, you know, there have been so many people like Larry, like the guys from Surf the Greats, like the guys from Surf Ontario, um, who built this, you know, this community, um, not to mention, you know, the, the surf shops around, you know, Lake Huron. Um, all those people, they've, they've really, they've been, you know, much, much like you, Derek, they've been doing this for, you know, for a while. And yeah, they were alone in those lineups and not really talking to anybody and just kind of going off of like secret forms online and like word of mouth. And now you've got like surf shops and, and surf lessons and forecasting lessons. And like any, like if you want to learn how to surf properly in the great lakes, the resources are there and it's incredible. And the people are there and they're super nice.
0: Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. It's, it's really delightful, man, to, to look, to see what's going on here. Like, You'd heard me talk in the past about the fact that, uh, you know, I'm surfing, I'm living on the West Coast for 12 years and, you know, I'm on the Pacific Ocean, yet I'm looking on Facebook and I'm like, what the hell is happening? Like, it's blowing up on the Great Lakes in Canada. Like, I just can't believe it. So good for you guys. Glad you fell in with the right people. And, uh, you know, you guys are surfing. So life is, you know, pretty much complete now. So, hey, you know, tell me, just tell me a little bit about yourselves. And uh, so we'll give some context to the people here listening. Like, who am I even talking to? I got Whaley and I got Tal Weissman. Yeah. It's kind of uh, close to the uh, Ghostbusters Bankman.
3: Uh, I don't know. It's all like German words. Okay.
0: (laughs) Right on, right on. Okay, so so what are you guys all about? Whaley, you go, man. Tell me, uh, tell me about yourself and how you got into music, and uh, yeah, maybe even yeah, even if it if it branches over to surfing, tell us how you got into surfing as well.
2: Yeah, music is a is a super long story, and I and I would take days to dive into that fully. But it started when I was in high school, I'd say f- for real, and then it's kind of been been my main priority since then. Um, and it's taken me a lot of different places and it's, it's kind of how it's actually how I ended up surfing on the great Lakes, So it's kind of all ties in, but, um, after high school, I wanted to do something different. So I ended up going out to Australia for a year, um, to, I guess in my head pursue music in some way, shape or form, but really it was just a party okay. <laughs> and meet people. Um, it had always been a dream of mine to surf though. Cause I was in skateboarding pretty heavily when I was a kid and snowboarding as well. Um, and I'd never had the opportunity to, to try surfing. So I remember I was getting really hyped for that going to Australia. I think it was only like the third or fourth day I was down there. I went to the first surf shop I saw on Bondi beach. Cause I was close to the area I was living. And I was like, what's the cheapest board you got? Sell it to me. I want to try surfing. Damn, was that a bad move. That really made it hard. They gave me like a, I don't know what it was. It was like a six foot short board, like zero volume. I had no idea what I was doing. Just paddling out into the massive waves in Bondi. That was an experience, but I kept at it and. And uh, that year was interesting. But that's that's not really where I got into surfing, surprisingly, as well. Maybe
0: you should have said, give me the cheapest beginner board.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's, you don't want to, like, you know, it's kind of weird when you're, like, maybe at the top of the food chain in the skate world. You don't want to look like a Grom in the surf world. So mm-hmm. it's it's very embarrassing for an 18-year-old dude to walk in and be like, I'm just learning, man, kind of thing. <laughs> I think I had a bit of an ego. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, this seems totally different down there too, though. It's a lot more intimidating, uh, you know, to be a new guy in the water there. And I think it's got a very, like, skatey vibe where, you know, you have to be really cool in the shops and that sort of thing. So, uh, it, I'd say I could have had a better experience learning there. I didn't really give it my best shot, I'd say, but I uh, I ended up coming back to canada a year after and uh kind of put the surfboard down of course because i didn't think it was possible continued on with music you know as as i do and
0: uh musically in australia was there anything there that happened
2: yeah that was kind of like a game-changing year for me i'd say i i ended up getting by fluke maybe fate a job at a vintage guitar shop uh right on the beach in a little little suburb but outside of Sydney called Coogee beach or just Coogee. But, um, that was great for me. I learned a lot about, about music and guitars and instruments and just the whole history behind all that kind of stuff, which I had no clue about before then. Um, and the guy who owned the shop was like a little, uh, family run place. He he kind of became my mentor for that year and really shifted my, my music to go more towards like an Americana kind of country vibe. Um, prior to that, I, I really wasn't into anything like that. Mm. But I'd say, yeah, that year that year really changed my music a lot. It, it got me leaning more towards there and less towards punk or rock. So not much really happened. I, I had a busking permit. I, I would go play on the beach, try to make a couple uh, couple bucks there. Yeah, And I played a couple open mics and a couple little gigs there, but it mainly was a, is a learning year for me. I'd say down there music wise for sure. And, uh, you know, I made a lot of great connections and that sort of thing, but nothing really came of that year music wise other than the knowledge. But, uh, yeah, I think I, when I, when I landed back in Canada, I was still interested in surfing and I, that would have been 2014 like, or sorry, early 2015. And uh, I was kind of like researching what you could do surf-wise in Canada. There wasn't a whole lot coming up on the Great Lakes, but it was it was kind of showing up here and there on Google. I was like trying to dive in, see what was going on. And uh, I didn't really know anyone at the time doing it. And I don't know if Surf the Greats was around or Surf Ontario. I'm not sure. You guys could probably correct me on Surf that. Surf
0: Ontario would have been... Um, around that year, but I'm not sure when surf the greats, it would have been not too much longer after that anyways.
2: Yeah. But anyhow, there wasn't that much, it's kind of similar to what you were saying there. I didn't really see too many people doing it. There wasn't YouTube videos. There wasn't Instagram posts. There wasn't anything, you know? So I kind of put that dream on hold for a bit, I think. And uh, I ended up moving to Montreal for a year after that till 2016. Uh, Then I came back to Toronto and I, you know, I played in a whole bunch of different bands and had a whole bunch of different musical ventures in between Then, But uh, it all started really picking up when I started a band called Andrew and Veda, which was a folk duo uh, with my girlfriend at the time. And that, that started sort of really picked up my music, Uh, life we we cut a a full-length record in Hamilton at a spot called Catherine North so what was
0: what was influencing your music what were you writing about what was your your message
2: at that time it was all love songs man I mean a lot of it is (laughs) nice a lot of it is right it's I think it's hard for me well I think it's hard for any artist to to find what their true message is and you know until they're very established at first. It's kind of like, you're just trying to find what'll work for you. you. You don't, I didn't really, at least in that band, we did this all love songs, man. It's like, let's write a good song. What's it about? I don't know, man. At least for me, that's how it was. It could have been different for her. <laughs> like, I was just trying to write good songs. Never that know. sounded good. But, um, yeah, from there we, we kind of performed and recorded, Was a duo for a year that would have brought us to like 2017. That's kind of where stuff backfired with that project. Um, Advice for folks listening it's very hard to be in a band with your girlfriend. So make sure your relationship is pretty solid before you do that. Oh, yeah. Uh, But uh, lose
0: your rights to the music. Give me half of that song.
2: Yeah, luckily that's already how it works, so I didn't lose much in that respect, but uh, <laughs> it screwed up a lot of other things. Okay, uh, yeah, and then you, know, then you right can't now.
0: write about love anymore, man, but hey, then there's the most other, the most popular other topic for songwriting is breaking up, right?
2: Yeah, now that's the easiest, and that's kind of what, what brings me to, to meeting Tao. It would have been Early 2018, I was looking for my new my new angle, and uh, I knew I wanted to do something really crazy, really new. I didn't really want it to be associated with you know my name. I wanted to to have a sweet stage name, and I just wanted it to be completely different to anything I've ever done before. So uh, I reached out to someone I had met at a gig uh, named Andre. Andre Caden Black, and we decided we were going to cut an EP together. And just so happened that his uh, main man was Tal, And that's kind of where we we got together. And, uh, you know, the rest is kind of history, man. We're just surf buds now. We, we still continue to write and work together in music. So, nice. I mean, I'm sure you can shed some light on that as well. And I think there's a cool little story of how we, we actually got into surfing together, but uh, Tao probably will tell it better than I will.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But Hey, before we go there, what does, uh, your stage name, Whaley, what does that signify?
2: That's the most interesting and boring story at the same time. But (laughs) the short answer to that is I knew I'd already had a kind of music released under my own name, Andrew Sheriff. Uh, and that was kind of like very dark Americana, very, very like folk roots stuff. And uh, we were going for something different here. I wanted to be able to explore the whole like pop realm, big sounds, that sort of thing. So I knew I needed to create a stage name. Uh, but it took me about a year and a half after we recorded the music to figure that out. So we probably already been sitting on the Whaley songs that we had done for a year and a half till I finally figured out a name man it's hard to figure out a name these days like there's so many people on the internet any good thing you think of is taken man
0: really Yeah.
2: it's really hard so i don't i think one day i was driving this gonna sound ridiculous but i was driving to go pick up my girlfriend who lives out in the country and i was at like a four-way crossroad and there was like a heritage sign that said whaley's corners okay and I was just like, at the time, I, I really wanted to figure out what I was doing with my name. And I was like, ah, it's kind of cool. It's kind of got like an aquatic vibe. Uh, m- might be taken wrong. So let me change up the spelling a little bit and see if it, I was like, you know, I just kept saying it. I was like, this rolls off the tongue. And oh, yeah. uh, eventually it just became a thing. And now, and now it feels very right. I must say it feels good.
0: It suits you, man. You look like a guy with that E sound at the end of his name. No like a Johnny or a Ronnie. You're a Wiggly. It's perfect. But perfect, I gotta man. tell you, man, the name Sheriff, that is pretty badass, though.
2: Yeah, man. I'm born to be a country singer. I just don't have the voice. Okay. Yeah. but. Uh, or the yeah, truck. I don't have the truck yet.
0: Well, you got that handlebar mustache. But I think you're only about one step shy. Just <laughs> show up to your next show in an 18-wheeler.
3: <laughs> it could hey, be man. just being the, uh, the first country artist to write solely about surfing.
2: Yeah, it can't. I mean, uh, that's like some Australian country awards type of stuff right
0: there, man. Yeah, like, I wonder if Keith Urban's ever uh, been <laughs> into
2: surfing. He's know, probably uh, really good at surfing, man. Like, all the Aussies, you'd be surprised. I was like, I sent out an Instagram, like, way, way, way back, and I, it was, a uh, like, a random ad spot of Chris or Liam Liam Hemsworth just shredding. I was like, what?
0: Oh, wow, like, yeah.
2: no way. But they're yeah, just he like.
3: Was, he was out with uh, Mick Fanning. They were testing out the new uh, Rip Curl wetsuits.
2: Yes, there was a Rip Curl ad. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, my God. Amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah well, hey, I know you also got Kenny Chesney. I think, you know, he's got some very uh, Caribbean, like he, he does this really cool vacation music, but I think that the, the king of it all is Jimmy Buffett.
2: Oh, of course, man.
0: That guy knows how to get the uh, the aquatic lifestyle across in his music. I mean, it's awesome.
2: I think Jimmy Buffett is definitely a pontoon boat guy, though, I'd say.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah.
2: <laughs> we could get towed yeah. on the back.
3: Yeah. I'm just picturing a pontoon boat showing up at like, at, at a Bay. It was like drawing us up. <laughs> That'd be so, so cool.
0: Be dope, so Tal, fill in the blanks for us, man. Tell us about, you know, how did, what was it like for you growing up? How'd you get into music? And then maybe, uh, bridge us into this uh, story of you meeting Whaley and, and what that looks like.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually grew up in Israel. That's where I was born. And, um, you know, uh, aside from four years, I lived in Turkey when I was like super young. Um, and then we, we came back to Israel. And then when we came back to Israel, I think I was in the fifth grade. And um if, if there's one thing that's that was very common in Israel in the 90s and still is, is that every weekend nobody does anything other than go to the beach because that's a free attraction that's just there. So we all just went to the beach every weekend. And uh, I can't say back then that surfing was very big in Israel. Oh, I'm sorry, let me just put my phone on. So I, don't, I don't know what this is.
2: He's a popular man.
3: So so unprofessional of me.
2: Is that uh, surf reports? It better be.
3: <laughs> no waves uh, <laughs> What a surprise! Yeah, flat again. Um, yeah, but anyways, we you know we were going out to the to the beach a lot, you know, just as a kid with my family, and I've always been, you know, really really into any water sport or just being in the water in general. And then I started seeing people surfing, and I just I was immediately drawn to it, but uh, there was just not a lot of culture around it back then. Not not many people in Israel surfed, or at least if they did, there's no social media. There's no real awareness, you know, in terms of schools and, and all that stuff. Nowadays, it's a completely different story. Now you go to Israel and any given, you know, surfable beach is packed with surfers. They all rip. Seven-year-old kids doing airs, you know, right next to you. Like, stuff like that. It's just wow. unreal. The, the scene there is completely blown up and it's 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 just a it's a treat i was there in december surfing there was just a week where it was pumping every day and it was i couldn't get a wave in the lineup to save my life because everybody was like pro surfers and i don't know lower trestles or something Wow, right so, up. yeah it's it's really come up but um anyways yeah and i think right when i was 10 i started playing guitar which was kind of just a thing i found a guitar in in the house we moved back into and my dad was like oh yeah i bought this before you were born and i never had time to learn how to play this thing so i was like oh thanks i guess that's my fault um but uh <laughs> <laughs> but anyways i i just like i don't know i held it in my hands and i was like okay i don't know how to play this but i know that this is what i want to do with my life wow. and that's been you know the most the happiest and saddest day of my life at the same time because <laughs> you know I mean it was it's 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 been hard you know me being a musician is is not the easiest thing in the world to say the least but it's been it's been really really cool so I think hand in hand at the same time I started kind of surfing in Israel uh whenever I could um and playing guitar I was obsessed with playing guitar and I when i was in the seventh grade i was already in a band and we were writing songs and playing and just trying to be as loud as we can and we were like all into like super heavy metal and yeah you know and and it fit really well back then with surf culture because in the 90s it was kind of like surfers listened to hardcore and punk and you know just really heavy stuff so it it went hand in hand and you know, then skateboarding and all that stuff. But, uh, yeah. And then when I got to high school, I was just super, super, like, laser focused into music. I kind of stopped really surfing. I mean, I didn't really do it at all. And then I, um, yeah, I just kind of, I also went to, like, a special high school that specialized in music. So nice. I I was really, really immersed in that. Are you
0: still in Israel? For we're still in Israel.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. This is, uh, and then when you're 18 in Israel, you have to go to the military. So that doesn't really leave you a lot of time to surf at all. So, yeah. So once I got out of that, it was like, all right, I'm going back into bands and I'm going to just, you know, pursue music, which I did. And, um, you went
0: into into the military.
3: Yeah, you have to, it's not like, uh, you don't really get a choice.
0: No, but you kinda you kinda breezed over that. So how long did you have to serve and, and everything?
3: Uh well it's a three year mandatory service. I did oh, just under <laughs> <God>. <laughs> I did just under two uh due to like, you know, I was I was sort of injured. Uh well won't go too deep into that, but I basically found my way out and uh I was stationed in, you know, some uh problematic areas, let's just say, and uh okay. not not in my fondest of memories. But anyways. That was done. Got over that. Um, And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to dive right back into music. And I already had a band kind of that I was working with. And uh, when I was 24, we kind of made the decision to move out of Israel because we were kind of hitting a ceiling that, you know, there's only so much you could do with rock music in Israel. So uh, we looked at some options and we almost moved to Seattle. Mm -hmm. Uh, which
0: wouldn't have been a bad spot man it is a wicked music scene there
3: yeah exactly and we had some connections there but uh last minute you know our drummers so was the drummer uh our (laughs) drummers (laughs) didn't it's easy
0: what you say about drummers guys
3: (laughs) (laughs) oh i'm sorry dude no it's all right you seem very intelligent i didn't take you for a drummer (laughs) (laughs) i'm kidding i love you drummers uh anyhow so you know he, his visa didn't work out so we ended up uh saying well we don't need any special visas to go to Canada and Vancouver is only a couple of hours north of Seattle so we can just kind of go back and forth so we did we moved to Vancouver and we were there for oh
0: so we were your second choice
3: yes <laughs> <laughs> I was uh I wasn't you know I didn't even look at Toronto well well wow. I, I I should say, I should say my singer at the time, she was like, I heard the winters in Toronto are God awful. We're not going there." Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, okay. Um, So yeah, anyways, um, we were in Vancouver for about 10 weeks and that wasn't really panning out. Uh, We met somebody from the music industry in Toronto who suggested, he said, look, if you're going to live in Canada and make music in Canada, make it in Toronto. Yeah. We moved to toronto um into this blizzard day uh january 1st 2010 and when we landed in toronto i felt like i made the biggest mistake of my life <laughs> we left you know this beautiful place which is vancouver and landed in you know i remember saying like oh i was by the mountains and the ocean and all that and then I've got this like lake that I can barely see because of the snow and all I see is concrete buildings and I'm from a small town. Yeah. So I'm not like, I'm not used to any of that. But, um, so we all said like, you know, we're giving this couple of months, whatever, like we're going to see this band thing and see how it pans out. And in my mind, I was like, dude, if this doesn't work, I'm out of here. Yeah. You know? And then, uh, the band thing didn't work, but I ended up meeting the woman who became my wife. Ooh. So that changed uh, everything. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I was like, "I love Toronto. It's awesome." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, so once once that band kind of broke up, I I decided to go to school in um, in Mississauga for uh, audio engineering and production to, to to learn how to become a music producer. And I did. And um, there, I met you know people who I would then join in as as like my my band and. Started touring the country and releasing music and just doing all that stuff and it's it's been a great ride. And you know, the singer in my current band is the guy I met way back then. It that was in okay. 20, 2011 And yeah, so I, I started making records and I started producing other artists. Um and that became my my actual day job, so to speak. You know, if you can even call it a job. Yeah. Um and it's been awesome i've been super super fortunate to to call that my my actual bread and butter and then like andrew said in 2018 uh one of the people that i work with andre Hidden black he met andrew and said like you know there's this guy he does kind of like this folky thing um we're gonna make a record with him i was like great and we met up and immediately when i met andrew i said you have a vibe of somebody who just came back from a big trip. You, you went somewhere around the world. You've seen some things you're into nature. It's like, yeah, I was actually in Australia and I'm into snowboarding and I'm into skateboarding and, you know, and all that stuff. And I was like, all right, cool. We're going to get along. And uh, <laughs> yeah. And it was like, you know, every session it was like talking about all these things and surfing came up. And at the time, I was just kind of, uh, just before that, I I've, I've heard maybe around 2016, I heard about this thing about great lake surfing. And I was like, that does not make sense to me. Are they talking about like paddle boarding or like skiing or like what, what is it? <laughs> you know, what's, what's surfing? It's, it's lakes. So I kind of just didn't even Can't really,
0: surf on the lake.
3: No, oh, that's what I thought. Yeah. And so I didn't really even engage with the idea, but, um, uh, in 2017, I went to the Dominican just for like a vacation and I ended up surfing there because I found like this, this little, um, beach where you could do it. And they, they came to pick us up and, you know, so I, I, as Google does, when you search for things, it collects the data and starts suggesting things to you. Oh that you're interested in so you know all that uh data collection worked in my favor because when i came back to toronto i started seeing all these like instagram suggestions like surf toronto surf the great surf ontario you know great lake surfing and i was like what the hell is any of this like what do you mean surf toronto you you guys are out of your minds there's no such thing and then i started seeing these photos and i was like wait that does look like Toronto that does look like the lakes either it's photoshopped or I'm you know or this is something real so I, I started looking into it and I kind of read somewhere that it's wind dependent and yeah. one day yeah one day I just told my wife I said like listen um, let's take a drive to Bluffers Park I heard that when the wind is good I didn't even know what direction or anything I just yeah. heard that when it's very windy they get waves. So she's like, sure, cool. So we went, and surely enough, I walked onto the water and I saw people surfing. And I was like, oh my God, this is real. Like, and yeah. And then a little bit more research. I came across the guys from Surf the Greats and uh, went to the shop in July of. I think twenty. I think it
2: was 2018 because you're you're ringing a bell for me now because I remember yeah. us probably st- I think we started working together in like June or maybe May of 2018 and yeah. we somehow got on the topic of just like surfing and I was yeah. like oh yeah I've tr- tried to get into it on the lakes like way back in 2015 but I like I had a board and I didn't know where to go and I just like got out of it and you're like you started talking about it and I think it was like literally a week after that. The next session, you're like, "Yo, I rented a board and I
3: rented a wetsuit, and it was so sick, man."
2: <laughs> yeah, so I think I think it was 2018. It must have been July or something then.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, it was it was in July 2018. I went to surf the Greats, rented a big ass foamy, and uh, paddled out at Ashbridges Bay, and caught waves, and I was like. Okay, here goes all my free time. So, so yeah, that's man.
4: that.
3: You know, and after that, I think what happened was with Andrew is that he uh, ended up getting a board and uh, he texted me one day after we haven't spoken for a while. And he was like, Hey, man, I got a board. Next time you're going surfing, let's go. And I was like, You're damn right. That's what we're doing. And uh,
0: so, what was your first board?
2: Um, um, Yeah, Tao would Tao would have more memories on that. I don't know. What'd you get first, Tao?
3: I got uh, some guy brought a a board from Florida and sold it on Kijiji for 150 bucks. It was a six eight landmark. That was a landy. That was a landy. Yeah.
2: Oh, that was such a great board, man.
3: It's it's basically a boat. It was really really thick, uh, but it caught anything. Literally anything. So it was a really, really good board to start with. And Andrew at the time had a a five six wave bandit that he got like a foamy.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I I was like working this event back when I was doing like my part time gig, and they were using a wave bandit as a prop. And after the event, I was like, "What are you guys doing with the wave bandit?" <laughs> and they were kind of like it's broken and they just like winked <laughs> at me nodded their head and i'm like yeah okay i'll go throw it out and uh oh, that's that really was helpful. my first surf now actually that's not true that was my second surfboard because i back in 2015 wanted to get into lake surfing because i had heard about it so i did some research and there was there, there was a guy selling wave storms out of a storage container mm. um in like Oshawa or something like that so in 2015 I like took my parents uh, Toyota Sienna van and I like drove out to Oshawa and paid like 200 bucks for an eight-foot wave storm and then I remember I like kept it in the car for the whole summer anytime I'd be like near a lake I'd be like just in case it happens like it never <laughs> did though I remember I like went on this soul-searching trip like out to I are you living in? Are you around like uh, a Wenda Park? Is that near, kind of where you're at now, Derek?
0: I'm living in Owen Sound, so I'm close to Georgian Bay and Lake Huron. I, th-
2: I think that's a Wenda. Oh uh, yeah, Wendas on, on Georgian Bay. And I okay. went to like the Wenda area, and I was like, I was camping by the lake. And I had my board with me, and like it would have been like September. I had no wetsuit or anything like that. Or October. I don't know what I was thinking. I was just like, I'm getting waves this weekend, man. It never (laughs) happened. And that's kind of the weekend after that. I think I sold the wave storm. (laughs) And it was like four years until I got the wave bandit from work. Which wasn't the greatest learning board, uh, I must add.
0: There's this thing about surfing, though. I mean, if you've done it once or twice, that's sort of qualifies someone to consider themselves a surfer. And then if they don't ride away for another couple of years, it almost doesn't matter because it consumes you regardless. You know, you're just waiting for that, that opportunity when it's going to happen. So, so you were a surfer already. You just hadn't exactly found your, your niche and your, your group yet.
2: Yeah. I yeah. think it was, it's interesting because the great lakes have actually turned me into feeling like an actual surfer now Mm -hmm. because i had i was in australia for a year pretty much surfing like you know all the time at least at one point i was going like in the morning before work and that sort of thing but i was terrible man i had no buddies that were surfing i i didn't really try to dive into the community because i felt kind of like a bit of an outcast being like this canadian dude trying to surf there so I i didn't really improve at it there which is now I'm looking back and I'm like, damn, dude, I could have got so good in that year. And then I, I have a family in Hawaii. So I've been there a couple of times too. And I've, I've actually surfed in Hawaii as well. And I was terrible. And now I'm like dying to go back because now I've had a couple of seasons on the lakes and I just want to go ride some queen, clean longboard waves in, in Hawaii. But it wasn't yep. till the Great Lakes where I kind of was like, all right, I think I could say I'm a surfer now.
0: Absolutely. Like, Where's the family in Hawaii? Which
2: island? Uh, my aunt, uncle, and cousin live uh, just, I guess, it would be west of Waikiki. Oh, perfect. So they're yeah, they're on Oahu. So I've the last time I was there, last couple of times I was there, I just went out with my cousin and paddled out on the south shore there, the Waikiki waves, and I was yep. horrible. I don't even know if I caught like a real wave that day, mind you. I was like on a beater. Like yeah. a, a short beater, and I was like way too heavy for it. My cousin, though, he was like t- 12 at the time, just shredding. I was yeah. so embarrassed.
0: It's pretty crowded <laughs> there anyway. It's a little hard to catch waves there if you're there in tourist season anyway.
2: Yeah. Um, I and don't think North i
0: shores, uh And unfortunately, in the summertime, the North Shore is not really.
2: Yeah. Well, I've, either. I've been interested because I've been. Researching like the other islands because the other islands look like they're actually more a little little bit more realistic for a good surf trip for someone at my level right now. Mm. But the south shore, yeah, Waikiki gets super busy, but it's it's not intimidating. Like you don't have Jamie O'Brien and all the guys from the north shore coming down to Waikiki to to surf at least all the time. That's true, yeah. So it's kind of just everyone out there is just taking a crack at it, which is there's something inviting about that but uh the north shore yeah i'm not i'm not too familiar with how it works there i've i've watched a couple competitions there i don't think i'll ever paddle out there uh unless i get really 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 good somehow
0: man thank god for the uh i don't know if necessarily the invention but the popularity these days of soft tops and foamies because I can remember, you know, places like Waikiki, and places like Tofino ten years ago, you know, and you got guys wiping out on fiberglass boards everywhere. It can be pretty dangerous. I found these last few years, you know, you just see this uh, a whole bunch of blue boards out there. Kind of makes you feel a little better. You know, those projectiles coming at you are a, a little a little lighter when they connect.
3: Well, I I agree. I think there's uh, you know I'm definitely by i'm by no means an advanced surfer but i'm i can surf i I can i can handle myself in most situations and uh you know there's a there's an increase of 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 beginners out in the in the lakes you know especially in uh like in ashbridge's bay or sometimes in you know pleasant beach in lake erie and um i'm very thankful that they're on soft tops i i got a few to the head and a few who kind of ran me over and i was like ah it's just a soft top it's whatever man it's it's all good but, uh, yeah, there've been some hairy situations. There is actually, I, I don't know who this person is and, but there's somebody who once paddled out to the cove in, uh, in Bluffers park in a pink soft top. Apparently it's like one of those, like, you know, words in the community. And, and that person had no place being there, like no business being that place and just put everybody in danger because he was like dropping it on people and like falling over and, uh, you know, Derek, you haven't been to the Cove, or at least not recently. But it's it's a spot that's very like if you don't know what you're doing, do not paddle out to that spot. It's rocky bottom. The waves are punchy. Um, it's you know, it's very very easy to t- to get caught inside and just get worked. So, you know,
4: <laughs> so okay.
3: I'm always looking for that that you know that ginger beard guy in the in the pink foamy just in case he was out on a big day to stay away from him.
0: (laughs) Yeah, true enough. Right on. I I was thinking, Tal, a little bit about when you said you landed in Vancouver and Mm -hmm. then you went to Toronto, of all places. So I recently, you know, left Vancouver and I came here. And it turns out I had no idea, but I landed in Owen Sound, which is referred to as the elephant's asshole of Ontario. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and if you look at a map, um, I encourage you to look at a map actually. You'll Did see you know, that uh, awesome. southwestern Ontario. Actually, let me pull it up here too to, to better describe it. Derek, I think I talk, can I
2: just this. ask who is referring to Owen Sound as the elephant's asshole of Ontario? People are up
0: here. <laughs> Yeah, oh, people who live here, yeah. They, you know, they're not all big fans, but if you look at Southern Ontario and look at uh, like Windsor and Essex County and all that, imagine that as the elephant's trunk. And then if you're looking at where Hamilton and Buffalo are, imagine that as the front leg and then Markham and whatnot would be one of the back legs. Um, but imagine the Bruce Peninsula as the tail. And then you'll see... Uh, uh,
3: yeah, okay. I see. it. You just have to hold it sideways.
0: Yeah, right where it went down. And- oh, I do see that. That is the anus.
3: Wow. Who would have no. known,
0: man? Yeah, so hey, man. You could have ended up in the oh, elephant's asshole, but so- you didn't. You ended up in Toronto. So right on for you, dude. So, you know, living in Vancouver for 12 years, yeah, it is... The music scene there is awesome. The music that comes out of there is awesome, but yeah. you really gotta sort of work to find it. And I can't even imagine trying to break through over there. That's for sure.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, um, the biggest problem that you face living in Vancouver is that touring is is very very difficult for us as Canadian artists. It's you know it's it's a big ask to actually get visas to tour the states. And it's actually over the years. I think it's become more and more difficult. So you know, from Vancouver, you have to drive. I think the next part, next town, you really can hit up is like Kelowna, and then I've I've done it. Like I've I've toured uh, twice cross country in, in 2017. We were with uh, Big Wreck. Um, oh wow,
0: amazing! Yeah,
3: so we played. You know, and like the tour started in Nanaimo, so we drove five days from. You know from toronto all the way to nanaimo like with the ferry and everything yeah. and um you really get to see the the distances that involve that whereas here you know in ontario at least you've got like the 401 stretch where it's like you've got all these you know cities you can hit up and you've got you know quebec is not too far and if you do end up going to the states well you've got new york right underneath you so it's a little bit better there's more people there's more industry but again not to take anything away from British Columbia, I mean, in the, in in terms of producers and studios and some of the most legendary um, music to ever come out of Canada. I mean, Brian Adams, you know, his his studio is out in Vancouver in the the warehouse studios, and it's unbelievable. Some unbelievable music came out of there, and um, yeah, I
0: think he's in Gastown. I've been told he's on Water Street.
3: Uh, I don't know. I've never actually been to the studio. Oh, okay. It's one of those like bucket list items for me. Yeah. But uh, yeah, for sure, there's been some incredible music, incredible music producers who came out of uh, Vancouver. I mean, you know, you've got uh, Garth Richardson, who did like Rage Against the Machine's first record, and he did, oh, wow. yeah, like he, he's done quite a few big records. And then you've got Bob Rock, who I believe is from yeah, Vancouver dude. as well, you know, who freaking did. Buncho and metallica and all these things so it's not like vancouver doesn't have a legacy of uh of huge you know musical influence on you know on a world level but you know in recent years it just hasn't been that same hub that southern ontario is
0: yeah man traveling with big wreck i can't you know the energy uh i once saw uh... Some of the members at Big Breck, when I was living in Toronto, there was some bar we went to on Queen Street, and they were playing, you know, what's that song? The one that is, uh, I really love that tune.
3: It's called That Song.
0: That Song. Okay, that's what I thought. The energy, the energy that that song produced, wow, it was electric. So I can't imagine traveling with those guys. They must have closed out with that song quite a bit.
3: Uh, they they don't close out with that song. They uh, they close out with uh, well I, sh- I sh- probably shouldn't give it away because <laughs> you go to see a show. It's yeah. not you don't close out with that song, but it's it's on every show. It's definitely one of my favorites. Um, I was extremely fortunate to you know to tour with them back back then, and uh, this was uh, yeah 2017. Ian Ian is i mean not just Ian the whole band is awesome but you know for me as a guitar player nerding out with ian you know talking guitars was incredible seeing him play every night is incredible same as the rest of the band and uh it was really nice to 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 just experience that with them they're one of those bands that makes you feel like you're just not like why am i doing this why uh-huh. it's like, it's like if you i don't know for me if i paddled out anywhere and i s- suddenly saw dane reynolds i would be like all right i'm palling I'm out like yeah. <laughs> I, I shouldn't be here if he's here and he's gonna surf i'm just gonna sit there and watch
2: but yeah. uh you know that's that's what they say to do man they say to surf or skate with people that are better than you and same thing with music because that's how you get good
0: fair, fair, enough. Enough. fair enough what's that expression uh you know something i forget like rubbing off like what is it rust or metal or there's an expression
3: uh i'm I'm not familiar with it but I think.
0: (laughs) okay i I guess i'll edit that shit up
3: (laughs) (laughs) i think being in the proximity of of people who are really good at what they do definitely rubs off on you and whatever you know whatever energy they bring with them is definitely something that if you if you're open to it and you understand it you can take with you and it'll you'll definitely learn something from it. I've, I've learned luckily from, from very, very talented and and proven musicians and very grateful for it.
0: Yeah. You know, and I've noticed too, like, we get all in our head, but other people don't care. Like when's the last time you looked at someone else and thought, Oh man, I'm so much better at this than you are. Like, no, you're, you're encouraging people. You're seeing like, a young musician you want to help them you don't want
3: to slight them right yeah i i agree and i think the same goes for surfing you know yeah. i mean and if anything in the great lakes especially i've i've noticed that it's a very compared to other places i've surfed um it's a very very welcoming and supportive community i can't say i've met a person in the lineup who wasn't nice mm. yeah andrew yeah and
2: I... very welcoming man like I think that's the most encouraging part about great Lakes surfing is kind of everyone understands that it's like, you're just out there for, for fun and because you love it. So everyone's kind of on this wavelength where they're just like trying to help everyone else out. And I mean, you still got that spot hiding thing mentality that every surfer does, but yeah, for everyone's super nice out on the lakes and yeah, it's a good time, man. I don't ever feel like I have to i don't know watch out for i don't know yeah. i used to paddle out i remember at first when i was first paddling out to the lineup i'd be like hey man how's it going yeah you might want to get away from me i'm really shit i might kill you oh
4: yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs>
2: and, and they're just laughing it's like oh no man don't worry about it and then 10 minutes later they get a board to the head and they're like all
0: right <laughs> nah, they're still never happened you, right
2: yeah, no, no one's, like, uh, I got that vibe in Australia a bit. Like, I think it was only, like, my second or third time out. I was at Bondi, and, like, dudes were getting pissed that I was trying to paddle out and, you know, maybe shouldn't be there. But, you know, you don't get that vibe here on the lakes, which is, which is super encouraging, and it helps you get better because you don't feel bad for being there. You know what I mean? That's half the thing. I yeah. think that's why when I initially first started going out with towel i was like super like not down to paddle out to the lineup because i'm like i don't know man i don't want to upset anyone and like get in their way and i don't know what's going on here so i just like hang out on the inside but once you kind of realize that everyone's super nice here and it's just like you're surfing on a lake dude like we're all in this together (laughs)
0: i was just going to say that this this in a way great lake surfing is still sort of in its infancy in a way and we're all in this together we're all figuring it out so drop the hierarchy no one's really sort of above anyone else here i would say so you know i've only been back for geez a couple months and man i've never felt so welcomed into something before and i've I've hardly even met anybody in person yet, but just the <laughs> online community alone has been totally open arms to me and uh, sort of welcoming me back home. It's it's fantastic. I think we got something really special here, actually, in terms of the surf community. And I don't know how it compares to the rest of the world, but I think because you know our numbers are probably you know relatively low compared to you know any big city on an ocean coast, so. We're pretty fortunate that way but i think i think one day you know 50 years 100 years from now i think it's gonna be a lot more mainstream even than it is now so we yep. uh, we also got to kind of enjoy this time for what it is as well absolutely
3: I, I, yeah i totally agree and uh i think you know to, to to speak to the the whole idea of like how we're all in this together and it's a very like there's no hierarchy there's none of that i mean I look at guys like Larry, for example, Larry Caveira, who who's an awesome surfer and he rips. And there are other guys who I've seen in the water surfing, you know, and and it's never, there's never a, a shred of like, you know, condescending behavior or anything like that. It's all love. It's all just like, hey, man, like, ch- check that one out. Come in. Are you going? Oh sh- No, no, you go, you go. Like, it's, it's. It's not. There's no fighting over stuff when a, somebody accidentally drops in on you. It's like, all right, buddy, party wave. It's it's just, yeah. it's yeah. It's a very very positive environment, and I think it also stems from the fact that when we do go into the winter months, and you know the the population dwindles down a bit, we're all. That's when you really kind of feel that whole like, all right, we're going into the freezing waters together. Everybody, yeah. you know. Yeah look and, and you really feel that like everybody's looking to make sure oh, nobody, absolutely you know nobody's missing
0: that's no, when yeah, you must really feel that brotherhood or, or sisterhood that's when you really feel that connection hey you really are looking out for each other i think so yeah yeah well hey that's good to hear because you know I, i've been surfing for 20 years but that doesn't mean that i'm been good for twenty years, so you know. So I, I'm glad to hear when I get out there, if I uh, have some white or whatever, people are pretty, uh pretty cool. So that's that's good. Oh, yeah. to so I want to go back a little bit to the music, and uh, I wanted to find out who your musical influences are.
3: You start, Andrew.
2: Yes, I think I always end up circling back to the same thing, and I've done a couple interviews and podcasts lately where i had to talk about this and i still think i feel like it's the same thing i always say but i I think i got super into it when that whole mtv unplugged thing started coming into play and um okay and i really enjoyed that where the punk artists would go and play acoustic guitars Mm. and do that sort of thing that really spoke to me i I liked punk music like pop punk specifically back in the day and all my buddies were into that so i i kind of was just you know in, in it as well i was just there for the ride but really i like the more acoustic s- stuff so that started really really speaking to me there's this band called never show never at the time they were kind of like the acoustic band on the warp tour
4: okay
2: um wasn't hardcore at all and there'd be some dudes that probably would make fun of you for watching it so i was always kind of like sneaking through the crowd at the show
0: like this
2: times have changed but uh i like this band called never show never i would say that was a huge influence on my music at the start
0: never show never
2: never shout never
0: never shout never okay never shout very, Never. check it out
2: yeah i don't know if they're still around i haven't seen those dudes for a little while okay. um but I, of course, City and Color was a huge, huge influence City. as well.
0: There we go, City and Color. I was gonna say, like the music you're talking about. To me, it sounds like—is that what people kind of describe as emo? Like sort of.
2: Yeah, I mean.
0: What's the band that sang that song? Uh, Vindicated.
3: Do
2: you know Tao? I'm not sure if I'm familiar with that.
0: Uh,
3: I, I don't think so. Oh I'm,
0: man. <laughs> Jeez, a simple
2: spotify search would do it for Um, us yeah vindicated the name
0: of the band but these guys oh dashboard Dashboard confessional oh yeah,
2: yeah yeah absolutely
0: yeah yeah like it like their sound wow that was when that when i first heard you know that unique sound of theirs that was pretty cool
2: yeah i think it was kind of that scene that really inspired me to get into playing music and writing music myself like what it was quite weird. Cause when I was younger, the, the super, like I was born in 95. So growing up the popular music at the time w- when I was kind of like a early teenager was rap music and hip hop. Okay. So people were getting like into like listening to Biggie Smalls and Eminem and Lil Wayne and like all those guys I, that were doing that sort of thing. So I was playing hockey at the time and, you know, you'd go into a locker room and everyone would have their, their, he was beat in the playlist, like you know, and that was when Drake was starting to come up as well. So I think that's what I initially was listening to as a kid. It wasn't like folk music or punk music or anything like that. So well, that might play. Uh,
0: when you mentioned MTV Unplugged, my mind instantly went to Nirvana. But yeah. that would have been even like a, a year or so before you were born, probably.
2: That yeah, Nirvana and I mean,
0: Unplugged album was. That that's fun.
2: the vibe. That's the vibe though. You, you definitely nailed it. Like that's the whole thing, right? Like a heavier sounding band or a more, more full sounding band doing that same thing on acoustic guitar oh, Okay. was, was kind of what did it for me. And, and I, that's what got me sitting in color and never show never really wanted, really made me want to learn that, that music and get on the acoustic guitar. And it was so much more accessible than, Plugging an electric guitar into an amp and pissing off your parents and Sounding bad for the whole neighborhood. Okay. So the acoustic guitar route, you know I feel like everyone has an acoustic guitar sitting around their house when they're kids. So I I did and just like talon, I was lucky enough that I could just Pick it up and youtube was Really taken off at the time. So there's some tutorials on there and ultimate tabs was a hero for me and uh, eventually i ended up doing lessons and all that sort of thing because i got more into it but yeah i'd say city in color never show never that whole acoustic warp tour thing really played a huge influence in getting me started in music and i still listen to those those bands to this day so
0: <laughs> and your generation like you want to learn something just youtube it like youtube could be your dad like how do I shape? watch YouTube?
2: There's an account for that. There's a channel literally like it's called like, Hey dad question. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. There's everything. I mean, like I, I, you know, people will crack a joke at me for this, but I'd say I was just slightly ahead of that generation. Okay. I mean, there definitely wasn't all these YouTube learning videos and vloggers and youtube stars and all that stuff out at the time when i was a teenager yeah it was more like crappy dv videos of you skateboarding and that type of shit like that that wasn't i don't know if the whole tutorial thing was super popular yet but there was like there'd be people would go like in their shitty like macbook camera all right this is how you play the girl by city and color and you'd be like trying to freaking see their fingers through the pixelated camera but it, it helped for sure. And it has grown into a thing where, yeah, man, like I see du- dudes doing like Renos on their house with their laptop on a table, like with a YouTube tutorial on it. And I'm like, mm, anything electrical, definitely. I would be not trusting a YouTube tutorial by myself. So I don't know, oh, wow. but you're absolutely right with that. It's going to be a thing where everyone just is going to rely on that. <laughs> <laughs> like. <laughs>
0: do what youtube told me to do
2: yeah well yeah and think about it too with i I, i'm constantly thinking about what's going to happen with school now because of how everything's changing with covid Mm -hmm. i'm i'm wondering what's going to happen with school in the future is school going to be a thing or is it going to be like weird when i'm like 50 or 60 and then kids are like wow you went to school every day that's so weird it's like (laughs) you know what I mean? Like it could very well change the way that society works school wise. Now, like kids might do like internet classes once every other day for like five or six years and then go do a trade or something. Who knows? Right. Like it's, it could evolve into a thing where you just like go on YouTube and do whatever the hell you want. I don't know, man.
0: But Hey, tell, I want to know, man, who were your musical influences?
3: Um, well, my musical influences were basically whatever my parents were listening to. I mean, they, you know, when I was when I was growing up, my, my family loved music. Um, none of them actually played music, but they would always listen to, uh, like, they loved Eric Clapton and they loved Dire Straits. And, you know, and then my dad had a very strange uh, love for the Pavarotti and Friends album so okay. <laughs> driving places and my dad is just like oh yeah and it's like oh I love you. <laughs> and then Brian Adams is like do anything for you he's like I'll do anything for you oh like, <laughs> <laughs> so that was like you know that was my childhood's uh um you know soundtrack <laughs> but, uh, when I started playing guitar I got my my teacher was like oh you gotta listen to Jimi Hendrix and I was like okay, sure. So I went and bought, you know, the Jimi Hendrix experience. And I was like, that's how you do it. Okay. And I think, I, you know, after that, I kind of really got into like heavier and heavier music. It was, you know, from Nirvana into Metallica into like super like out there, really heavy and, you know, frightening metal that, you know, people thought I was into some bad shit, which I wasn't. I was a complete nerd. I just, you know, had long hair but uh yeah and and that that was kind of it but throughout that time i've always also liked you know sting and and the police and you know that that kind of and queen so i think those were the kind of the classic classic rock bands in that sense were always some somewhere around me and you know i to this day listen to Jimi hendrix all the time listen to eric Clapton all the time they're They're just one of those, they're those characters that it's like, you, you can't make sense of modern music without taking what they've done into consideration. So absolutely. Yeah.
0: So these bands you're mentioning, these are all American bands. I mean, what was the scene like in Israel? Is there some mainstream music from there that you were into or (laughs) you're smiling? It's like, it's a whole damn country. They must've produced something.
2: Dude, I ask Tal this question all the time, man.
3: <laughs> well, uh, so th- there, there is. here's the funny thing about Israel. There's a, a crazy amount of talent in Israel. Like the, the actual musicianship and the level of your average musician who actually does it for real is super high and people are really, really good at what they do and they, they pride themselves in that because it's a very small country and things get competitive really quickly um there there's something that i I truly like about israel is the fact that there's a very straightforward no bullshit kind of thing if you suck people will tell you you suck (laughs) (laughs) there's no like that was a great set man people would just look at you like what the fuck are you doing on stage man like uh, you shouldn't be here so
2: (laughs) i mean you need a bit of that you need a bit of that because you won't improve
3: for sure, but there's also something to be said about positive <laughs> support, you know, like people being
0: positive you know, reinforcement, yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. but um the scene right now, I mean, if if you want to be a professional musician who makes a living uh, making music in Israel, you probably need to be making music in Hebrew. And I okay. have many friends who, you know, they were very fortunate to be to become professional musicians in Israel, who are, you know playing shows, recording albums. But it's all in Hebrew and there's, you know, you're only you're you're limited, you know, within your reach to just a, a certain market and also a certain amount of shows per year. I don't know if you're aware of the uh, geographical challenges that Israel has, but basically touring out of Israel anywhere within our borders is basically impossible because our neighbors are not really into us. So, yeah. you know, hopefully that'll change in the future. But uh, as as it stands right now, we're. You know, we're not going to be playing shows in Lebanon anytime soon. So, uh, you know, so that's kind of uh, that's where that ends. But I do have to say specifically for me, when I, you know, when I was like in my late teens, early 20s, I was very much in the metal scene there. And that's the scene that's very, very established. And, uh, you know, the punk scene as well. You've got a couple of bands who are, you know, who tour the world and have, you know, international recording, you know, contracts and, and and accolades there's uh there's a band called useless id that are uh, on uh fat Wreck, um the that label by by uh, was no effects i think um and they've I, i've seen them play here like in hamilton nice. yeah because they're they're gaining some some real good traction and you've got a lot of metal bands and hardcore bands that have made it you know they've toured europe i personally produced a band called hammer cult that did you know really really big things in europe and they're very successful for a while, so it does exist. Like, there's a really, really good music scene, but it's just um, unless it's a very niche market that that you know markets itself elsewhere, their lifespan in Israel is not very long because they're just kind of stuck within the confines of a small country where you can't really play more than kind of ten shows a year.
0: Yeah. Wow. So. Okay. okay. So, not many Jewish musical influences. Got it. No,
2: not a one. <laughs> I'm sure there's actually tons of the guys that we're yeah. talking about are Jewish. But...
0: Absolutely, yeah. Oh yeah, I bet some of the mainstream bands for sure. So Kadima, you know, we talked a bit about you know Whaley and your your sound and your influences. Now Kadima, you know, I was checking this sound out and it is awesome, but I do not know how to describe it. I mean, I'm like, is this rock or is this I can't quite put my
3: finger on it. <laughs> um, well, I think that the um, the big umbrella term is rock. And okay, um, if you listen to the whole record that we put out this year, it definitely has moments where it's very much undeniably rock. But then a lot of the stuff is not so much rock. It might be a bit more quirky and interesting. And that's kind of how we like to keep it. It's yeah. uh, my singer, Jimmy, and I were... You know, we listen to a lot of different types of music and we definitely making this album, we wanted to be able to create a sound that can allow us to go if we want super loud and aggressive or super soft and, and quiet and whatever we want. And I think that's kind of what ended up happening and we're, yeah, we're happy with it. It's, it's just, you know, it's, there's a lot of humor in what we do. It's I've not i
0: noticed
3: that, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's not, you know, it's not like a when I say humor, we're not a stand-up comedian duo, but there's it's it's just kind of sarcastic, you know, a sarcastic way of dealing with our lives and anything that life throws at us, we just kind of make fun of it and sing and dance through it and that's that's kind of our uh, our mentality. Nice.
0: So, what about Kadima, Ortel, Weissman, and Whaley. You know, where do the, where do the lines cross here? Are we going to see some kind of collaboration, or you know, what does that look like? It's a
2: great question. I think. Well, I mean, I would say that Tal had a huge part in definitely shaping Whaley to to what it is today, and we're still actively working together, writing music and. And we're in the studio recording new stuff. So in that sense, Tal and I will probably be doing a bunch of stuff together. But I think mainly because of our surf relationship, there may be some collaborations in the future with Whaley and Kadima. It's, they're completely different worlds, but I think it might work. I mean, we've had some conversations out in the lineup with the Surf the Greats guys. And I think there could be something cool to be done there because um, they're definitely huge supporters of the community and music and great guys. So who knows, man? I don't know. There, there could be something funky coming uh, down the line sometime soon. You never know.
0: Right on. I feel Good. like there's uh, some foreshadowing going on
3: there. <laughs> I mean. I can't say too much, but, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're working on something. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, I won't tell anybody. So, <laughs> hey, oh I know. Hey, Permastoke theme song, guys.
2: There you go. You know
3: what? That uh you got it. Right. I think we should do that. Done. We're doing that. All right. Hey, yeah, I would love sick.
0: it. I have us on record. But uh I would love to get some original music from you guys for sure.
2: I think we could do that, man. That's Tao's specialty at least. And uh, I'd love to to hop in on that and do do something funky.
3: Well, we you know what we're doing next, Andrew. So I'm v- looking forward to it very much. I'm a podcast addict and uh, nothing better than listening to podcasts about surfing because, you know, I honestly learned so much, but it's also nice to hear about, you know, people that you, you share a, a passion with and hear about their lives and how they got into it and how they deal with it. So it's cool.
0: Yeah. And you know, what I've been finding that I love is the common thread everyone has, you know, these it's it's no matter who I talk to it's spiritual for everyone it's a spiritual life-changing situation like it, it just changes everybody and so you can't help but listen to these stories and walk away feeling reinvigorated even more stoked yourself so that's what that's what I'm really loving about it and so many of the same stories you know a guy goes down to the lake Start surfing, everyone's looking at them like you're nuts, you can't surf the Great Lakes, but yet we do. Here we are, we're here to stay. You are not getting rid of us.
3: I was uh, uh, before I moved into the house that I'm in now, uh, for about seven years, I I lived in um, in Region Park in Toronto. And like, so the first two years, I didn't have a car when I was going surfing, I would Uber to the beach, I would literally have. (laughs) an Uber come pick me up with my giant board. Half of them would just drive away and I would I'd be like, no, 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 I can, I can fit in your car. Come on, man. Like anyways, I would be waiting outside. It'd be snowing or raining or just basically crappy weather. And always some like, you know, person on the street will walk next to me and I don't know if you know region park in Toronto, but it's a bit of a questionable area. At least okay. used to be back then. And, uh, you know, some, um, half in the bag person would walk. <laughs> <to me. laughs> like. What's that? A Surfboard. Where are you going surfing, bud? You're not in California. "Uh, I I don't have time to explain this whole thing to you right now, man. But like, okay. And that would be like pretty much every time. So, yeah.
2: Dude, I love the old guy commentary when you're like in the parking lot. And it's like, what do you,
3: be careful
0: out there.
2: Or just like the (laughs) dumbest shit always. You're just having like, (laughs) just makes you laugh. I don't know.
0: I've been lectured about not wearing a uh, life jacket before.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's come up. So guys, I mean, I can't help but notice, you know, the elephant in the room here. We're in COVID, guys. You guys are musicians. I mean, what the hell are you doing during COVID? You're not you're not doing the concert thing, I imagine.
3: Mm, no. Nope. No. Andrew okay. had Seventy something shows booked for the year.
0: Oh, brother!
3: And uh, yeah,
2: no shows, man. I've done a couple recently, just like small little library things. I've done like two or three, just out at places that that I know and have a good relationship with. But they've been super, just like nonchalant,
0: yeah. kind of
2: relaxed things. Just go hang out and drink some craft beer. Yeah, but no shows man it's, it's been super weird it's been a lot of uh creation time you could oh, say whether it's business wise or I mean, music wise whatever it is it's it's been a lot of back-end stuff i mean
0: you're really starting to gain traffic this like gain some momentum this year and then this shift goes down
2: well i'd say actually for me for whaley at least COVID is the main reason why Whaley is even out right now. I mean, I was still sitting on the, on the idea of what Whaley was going to be in, in March. And uh, I was on tour performing under my name, doing the Americana thing and uh, March comes. And I remember it was like March 12th. We had a show on the 13th and on the 12th, like they locked down everything and our show got canceled on the 13th. And then, on the Saturday and Sunday it also got canceled and all of our shows were canceled. I was like, Holy crap, dude, what, what's going on here? Like that was when it was first coming in. And I think right away in my head, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to have a lot of time on my hands now. So let's get this Whaley project rolling. So if anything COVID was helpful to that in that sense, where it gave me a lot of, a lot of time. Otherwise, yeah. Tao was right. I had about 70 shows, for this summer tour, and then that tour that I was tail ending in March was like 35 shows. We had about 15 left, so wow. there it would have been super busy for me. I wouldn't have been able to to get Whaley going, and I'm super happy that that I did have the time to do it. But th- at the same time, it's been super tough because it's an it's always an unorthodox approach to things now,
4: yeah.
2: and it's you don't get the payoff of going and playing a show and meeting people and and seeing the in-person, you know, reaction to everything that you're doing. But I think there's something to be said about adapting and overcoming what we're going through right now. So I I guess that's what you have to do right now. If you want to continue being an artist and um, yeah, I'm just very fortunate. So I'm, I'm thankful for that. But Tao, I think, can probably shed some light on what it's been like in the music industry yeah
3: well i mean you know i sort of like my my current band kadima was uh we released our first single in december and we were very much you know we played a couple of acoustic sets and then in february we played our first like live electric band kind of set it went really well we were so stoked about what's to come you know we were like all right man like things are going great this show went really well and our agent was booking us a bunch of stuff and there's you know there's like a a couple of summer festival spots and just you know everything was lining up and then boom you know everything got shut down and at first i was like well you know at least we have that summer festival date still there you know it'll it'll open up by then and yeah not just kept getting pushed and pushed and pushed until everything was canceled. And I was like, Oh my God, like, this is going to be really bad. And, um, I, you know what, like for me as a band member, as a guy who plays shows, um, I, yeah, I feel bad and it's, it's obviously a bummer and, you know, it's, it's nothing in comparison to the people whose livelihood comes from being, you know, sound engineers and lighting technicians and stage hands and club owners and you name it, like there's an entire industry that is collapsing. I mean, I don't know if you're aware, but like clubs in Toronto, left, right, and center are closing down. Like they're going uh-huh. under um, legendary places that are, you know, just, just, just monuments, cultural monuments, and they're going down because, you know, people can't keep the the, the the lights on because they have nothing. No income whatsoever. Uh-huh. No, and there's nothing in sight. There's no date We don't we don't know when, when it's gonna come back. We're just seeing a rise in numbers now. So who knows when the next time that 50 to 100 people will be allowed indoors together um, It's just yeah, it's it's a very grim situation to be honest for for the industry itself for the people yeah. who you know, who are not on stage. The people who are on stage obviously suffer as well. I mean, if you think of like, uh, we're lucky both, both, you know, Whaley and Kadima are relatively new projects where there wasn't, you know, an insane amount of financial investment to get, things moving in in terms of marketing and touring and all that stuff but you know some of the bigger bands who just went to the studio and recorded an album for hundreds of thousands or whatever and then put another couple of hundreds of thousands in, in in tour promotion and all that stuff all that money's gone down the drain and there's nobody to get it back from and it's it's pretty grim i'm honestly you know i i try to keep positive and luckily again surfing's been a. Uh, we've
2: been doing a hell of a lot of surfing man yeah like honest to goodness i i think there was a point where we we're going three times a week yeah it and thank god mother nature just brought us waves this summer dude because yeah. otherwise
3: yeah, sure. i don't know man yeah
2: but i don't know I, there's uh, something sorry derek sorry, go ahead. Go ahead,
0: dude. no you go
2: i'm just gonna tail that and say there's something uh, to say about timing and we just, I think both Kadima and Whaley just were lucky to have the timing right with what we were doing with our projects. Cause yeah. I think we both had uh content that was all lined up, ready to go
0: right,
2: right before COVID happened. So it was just, just good timing for us. Yeah. Otherwise who knows? Cause it's, it's very difficult to, you know, to, to create content right now um, yeah. with all the restrictions and if you're trying to do that it's it doesn't always go as planned so we just i think timing had a lot to do with our particular uh, spot yeah. in life right now
0: yeah, yeah for sure i'm with you guys i uh, if it weren't for covid to be honest with you i wouldn't be rocking and rolling as much as i am right now either covid really gave me the the time and space to also get creative get this podcast off the ground my brand freshwater circuit things that were kind of sitting dormant finally I had the time to do and, and if you go back and listen to that first episode when I'm talking to Larry I it was just hopes and dreams that I'd be coming back to Ontario and here I am so I actually am pretty thankful to COVID for that but now it's getting to the point where we're watching the second wave come and you know more and more people dying it's like okay this uh Starting to, you know, I'm starting to try to compartmentalize my positive effects because it has done such detriment to, to so many people, too. But yeah. yeah. Um, hey, Kadima, what does that mean? I, I read something there. That's a Hebrew word for what exactly?
3: Uh, so Kadima is actually the, the name of my hometown okay. in, in Israel. But uh, the actual meaning of the word is forward okay um and it's funny because that wasn't my idea to name the band kadima it was one of those brainstorming sessions and somebody said hey tal what's you know what's your hometown's name in, in israel and i was like huh i, I thought we we're talking about band names and i was like no no what's what, what is it and i'm like it's kadima but like what can we actually talk about band names and everybody's like oh that's got a good ring to it i'm like guys we're, we're not doing that that's not they're like no 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 like it's hey just give it a chance and you know trying to be a good sport and be a team player i was like okay <laughs> i'll i'll give it a, i'll give it a shot i'll let, let's test it you know so i started talking to people and when they would ask me you know hey like how's your new project going They're like what did you guys get a name I was like yeah we're thinking of calling it kadima and everybody's like oh that's cool it like, sounds good like what does that mean and i was like i guess i'm wrong so i accepted it and now now it's you know it's cool but you know just so you're aware like in in israel when you tell people you're from kadima they look at it as a joke they're like you're from like imagine there was a city in ontario called forward Yeah, (laughs) that's, that's how ridiculous that name is so when people say like oh you're from kadima oh are you like from that town next to backwards or whatever
0: yeah oh, that's pretty cool yeah you're right forward be would be kind of a lame name for a band
3: well, I guess it works when it's uh, exotic and foreign. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: right on, right on. Oh, you know, and I was just thinking too. You know, you guys were talking about the the lack of concerts. The thing I really missed this year was that intensity that really sought that really hot summer heat of like being at even at a fair, let alone a concert. You know, like that energy of all the people around, but especially the outdoor concert. And not having that overwhelming smell of pot everywhere, I'm like, God, <laughs> I missed that. that freaking, that's one of my favorite things in the summertime is watching music. You got that smell. like I'm not even promoting drugs necessarily, but that smell alone, <laughs> it just creates this like awesome energy and feeling of freedom and great music. And oh, what a bummer to not have that experience this year. I was supposed a, to go to a journey concert in May, you know, journey, we're talking an old band, but I was stoked to see them, man. I got to see these guys before they're, you know, they're on their journey elsewhere. <laughs> and uh, Yeah. So, oh and so when I bought the tickets, you could actually order the t-shirt with the ticket. So I thought, Oh hell, I'll, you know, skip the concession and I'll buy the tick. So I got a journey concert tee <laughs> Says 2020 on it, Vancouver and everything. I never yeah. went, it, man, but I'm thinking that shirt is gonna be vintage. That's gonna be
3: oh, a yeah.
0: relic one day.
3: The shirt from the show that never happened. Exactly, yeah.
2: There's yeah. a lot of those, man. I have a tour poster of ours that was supposed to be a big Toronto finale show. Okay, it's like this great poster we had and never happened because it was in May. But I have it hanging on my wall right now because I'm like, screw it, man. I paid for it. I'm I'm hanging it up, dude.
0: (laughs) You know, maybe it happened in some, like, alternate universe, multiverse version of our Earth. Like, COVID didn't happen, and man, who knows what's happening for you in that scene. Yeah.
3: Whoever's running the simulation put the wrong disc in because, in my mind, the simulation still runs on, like, CDs. Okay. Yeah, we just have to tell them to, to change this episode. Like, you got the wrong one, man.
0: Yes, yeah, honestly, dude. So, guys, when you're not surfing and you're not playing music, what else are you stoked about?
3: Um,
2: <laughs> a lot of things.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, I last year, uh, my wife and I bought our first house. Nice. Um, so I can't say I'm stoked about being busy with the house but it's definitely kept us busy my wife definitely spearheads that uh venture of uh taking care of the house so there's that and i'm learning little by little how to you know do manly things like uh fix the odd thing and you know hit a nail with a hammer and not break the whole wall so that kind of thing um but yeah other than that i mean i don't know i think Music is such a such an all-consuming uh, endeavor, and surfing is the same. And I think between surfing, music, and uh, and uh, you know having a wife or in Andrew's case a girlfriend, I don't think there's a lot of time left to be stoked on anything else.
0: Yeah, you don't need. Who needs anything
2: else? I don't. Yeah, man. Right on. Man. I I would have to agree. Music engulfs you quite hard Uh, at one point in time i was a man of many hobbies but i would say now that uh surfing's in there there's not much other than music surfing and my friends and girlfriend and craft beer maybe sometimes but uh there you get too carried away with that yeah yeah man
0: nice are
3: you what are you stoked about other than uh surfing and doing this podcast
0: Oh shit. Yeah. I'm kind of all over the place. You know, I'm, I'm kind of a nerd too. I'm really into, uh, you know, superhero stuff, the Marvel movies, DC comics, all these kinds of things. That's awesome. Um, Yeah. I'm kind of, I'm kind of all over the place. I do some art. Um, I like to paint. I also, uh, play drums, but unfortunately just well, now that I'm in Owen Sound, I don't know anybody who plays music. But in Vancouver, I I had some buddies that I would get together with and, and jam. But I haven't played, you know, in a bar scene or anything in quite a while. Mm-hmm. But I definitely like making music when I get the chance as well.
3: Awesome. Well, you'll once once things are a little easier, you'd have to come to Toronto, and we'll have a little uh, summertime jam session.
0: Man, we can jam. We can surf. Jeez, it's going to be awesome.
2: It'll be like Kelly Slater and Jack Johnson.
3: <laughs>
0: Sick, hey, perfect.
3: man. Actually, that takes... <laughs> Kelly Slater and none of us are Jack Johnson, but it's
0: it still works. I don't know, man. Speak <laughs> for yourself. Okay, I got to ask the question, guys, because when I started surfing, Jack Johnson was the shit. I mean, my favorite bands have always been Sublime, and I'm going to say Jack Johnson. But at some point... I, I felt this shift in pop culture that Jack Johnson kind of went from cool to, I don't know, like, is he perceived as soft or, I mean, is he cool anymore? He's cool to me. Yeah. He's cool to me. Is he? Okay. I
3: but, he's still cool, yeah.
0: Okay, I mean, right
2: I get people all the time, though, being like, oh, my God, Jack Johnson, like, don't mention that name. But That's
0: what I th- saw too, yeah.
2: I mean – I think it's because his music can maybe be seen as a little bit cheesy. Like he's a dad and he pretty much always has been since he started creating music. He wasn't ever a music guy. He was supposed to be a cinematographer. Mm. He was supposed to be a pro surfer. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I think it, it just found a place and he started making this cheesy dad music, but I love it, man. I love Jack Johnson. I Huge inspiration to surfing yeah. actually and music as well. Yeah. But I do hear, people these days being like oh. but so i don't know man i think he's cool i think he's a good guy he's doing some cool things still so
0: because when i'm paddleboarding, boarding i bring out my iphone and my little bose speaker and you know i got my playlist when i'm on my sup and you know jack johnson will come on and uh, i kind of looking around <laughs> i don't know like i'm like Am I looking cool right now, or am I looking like a fun dad? I,
3: I'm not. Hell, sure. are you looking cool, man? It's listen, Jack Johnson is. I think he's cool. Yeah. Um, I I don't think. I think we're in an era where the concept of what's cool and what's not cool is is not a thing anymore. It's uh, what what's cool is what's cool to you. If if you're you know if you're like into really you know, really out there modern classical music and that's cool to you and you're genuinely into it and it's an authentic, you know, authentic love that you have towards it. I think that's what wins and that's what constitutes cool. I know people who do all kinds of weird stuff. I, I can find you harp players who are cool as shit, you know? Yeah. That's not just me saying it like it's, it's, you'd see that personality. It's just, you know, it, I think it's 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 all about what you make of it that's one really really cool thing about being a person in general in this day and age where you can be a metalhead who likes britney spears or you could be a you know a, a hip-hop guy who goes to iron maiden shows or you know you could be a country like th- th- there's such a marriage of hip-hop and country now it's it's a big big yeah. thing i think it's awesome in
0: the blowfish
3: There you go.
2: Darius man. Yeah. What a legend. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's kind of weird. And I always think of this, like when I was a kid in school, littering was like, you're so cool if you just like chuck your garbage out. And I was always that kid like running after my friend's garbage to throw it in the bin. And now Mm -hmm. like, it's the complete opposite. Now you're like a dickhead if you litter and like, you're so cool if you like go clean up the beach. But back when I was like, eight picking up my friend's garbage they just all thought I was an idiot and I wasn't cool at all but things change man
0: well I recently uh, you know I got this new job and I'm 38 years old and a lot of the folks I'm working with are you know I'm working with some people in the same position as me that are you know 21 24 things like this Mm -hmm. and I don't know if you've ever seen the movie uh 21 Jump Street
3: Yep, of course
0: i, I kind of feel like that movie like channing tatum like he thinks he's so cool he's got the backpack on with only one <laughs> strap and then you know the kids are like oh that's ergonomically incorrect you're gonna hurt your back like <laughs> <laughs> it's just like things have changed man like cool you're right i think it's great we're in this sort of ubu era and hey yeah it's cool to you uh, I love it, man. I mean, being a great Lake surfer, especially when I started in 1999, it's like, you got to have confidence in yourself if you're going to do something like that, because, so you guys know what that's like. And in the words of Billy Madison, if peeing your pants is cool, then consider me miles Davis. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Cool. Unless you pee your pants.
3: <laughs> thanks for thanks for bringing that up. That was great.
0: Yeah, you're very welcome. So, guys, uh, I think we're kind of coming to a close here. It has been, uh, you know, amazing talking to you guys. And uh, this is this is an opportunity for you guys to to plug or where can people find you or, or follow you or, or what are you up to? I
4: think um, uh,
2: I, I think we so, made it pretty easy for us to find each other. Yeah. Right. <laughs>
3: Yeah, but uh, I think basically um, Instagram, I think both for for Andrew as Whaley and for myself as part of Kadima is the the easiest place to find us. Um, If you just type in K-A-D-E-E-M-A on Instagram, it'll immediately take you to our Instagram. Uh, Whaley, same thing. I don't think there are a lot of Whaley's out there. I
2: mean... If you go to the Surf the Greats tagged photos, pretty much every photo, and there's me because I-, <laughs> I tagged in <them> everything. <laughs> <laughs> wow! So that's Surf a great, great way to find me too.
0: <laughs> wow, yeah, you're the model for Surf the Greats.
2: No, I just try to be. I'm the hype man. That's the correct term.
0: I've given hype Antonio man. so much free advertising. <laughs> if you're listening, Antonio, what the hell, man? Hook me up
3: uh he is i i will say he is a super super hardworking guy every time i'm at the shop um there might be other people doing stuff he's always just working on something um and it's i don't know if you're like aware of their activity but there's always they're always making something happen there's some sort of an event some sort of an initiative some like it's it's kind of amazing to me that they run a surf shop and a surf school yeah. and yoga classes and all that stuff, and then a lot of community activity, and man, kudos to them and the the effect that they've had on you know, especially the Toronto scene has been priceless. Like what they've done is quite yeah. incredible. They, they definitely pushed me into it and helped me get out there. They have forecasting lessons that are unreal. So if you're ever having a hard time getting to them, it's because they're busy as so. hell.
2: Yeah, they're busy dudes. Yeah. They're great guys though yeah
0: no stellar dudes i hear you man the the uh i gotta be honest surf the greats kind of created the model that i basically want to follow my dream is to i mean i want this podcast to go places but otherwise i want to have a surf shop um i want to teach yoga there i want to run you know things from it but my goal is to be doing that on the lake huron side so right and really create a create a network like, I really think we need some cohesion with our Canadian surf shops. And so I'm excited to be a part of that. And people like Antonio are, are very collaborative rather than competitive. So I think it's a really good.
3: Well, I think there's room for everybody. I think yeah. there's, you know, I mean, I don't, um, I, I don't know their business model. And I don't know their, their profit margins or anything like that. So I, I will not make assumptions, but my guess is, you know, especially with the increase of, great lake surfers which which i've i've definitely seen in the three years that i've been in it um i think there's more need for you know for retail there's more need for lessons and for just general surf culture and i mean you know andrew said this summer when you know on one of the many days we went to lake erie to surf because it was just pumping and he's like dude we're in a surf location this is you can surf here this is like toronto is a surf town i'm like yeah yeah it is and and yeah. you know it's it's people like you guys who make it happen and it's awesome we're, yeah. we're so fortunate for it
0: i uh i was teaching uh sup and surf on i've been doing it every saturday with uh terra Coates out of surf sup eco shop in concurrent mm-hmm. and last saturday we were teaching and and i had to stop myself for a minute and i thought derek like you're teaching in Kincardine man. You've been watching the waves pump in Kincardine You've been hearing the legends, the tales of Kincardine And here you are out of all the places. You're teaching out of Kincardine So I, I feel blessed. And uh, yeah, man, just all good things ahead, guys. And I cannot wait to, to meet you guys in person. Likewise. Catch some music, catch some waves. I'm yeah, out. And I know Surf the Greats, they hold these... Um, water rescue course or something like that i'm gonna have to take that because i'm going for my uh, international surf association surf instructor uh right on training soon and part of that is gotta have your bronze cross which i already have but we have to have this uh water rescue that waterman five does apparently in partnership with
2: water right
0: yeah so i will be there for that when Whenever that happens, whenever we're allowed to, you know, see other people again.
4: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Right on, guys. Okay, Definitely. well, you, you plugged it all. Any uh, any closing words? Any words of wisdom?
2: Oh, man. I'm not a very wise guy. Tao's more of my sensei, so you might have some <laughs> words
3: of wisdom. Uh, right strike first, strike hard, no mercy. <laughs> shaka brah
0: nice cobra kai we got a we got a member of cobra kai over here exactly nice right on all right guys mahalo for being on the show thanks and brother stay stoked.
2: thanks man
0: that's all for episode number 16 of perma stoked i hope you all enjoyed listening or watching i know i love talking to those dudes And I think their musical journey ahead is looking bright. I want to say mahalo to Whaley and Tal Weissman of Kadima for sharing their stories and showering us with their sweet, sweet melodies. And I know I can't wait to hear what they come up with for music for this show. For more information, you can visit Whaley online at www.whaleymusic.com and on both Facebook and Instagram at Whaley Music. Also, be sure to check out Tal Weissman's band, Kadima, on both Facebook and Instagram at Kadima Music. Now, before you go, stick around and let Gotta Get It by Kadima off their 2020 album, Napoleon Torn Apart, enter your ears, permeate through your inner organs, and rock your booties off. to give a big mahalo to Mark Malibu and the Wasagas for providing our intro music Hey Chihuahua off their 2009 album Crash Monster Beach and our outro music End of Summer off their 2017 album Return of the Wasagas. For more information visit www.wasagas.com and check them out on Spotify and iTunes. And of course, mahalo to all you listeners out there. We are so grateful that you chose to join us for this episode. And we look forward to providing you with even more awesome content in the future. More episodes are definitely on their way. But in the meantime, make sure to go back and listen to our previous episodes. And don't miss an episode ever again. Subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts from. You can even listen on Spotify or the Alexa app. And you can even watch the show on our YouTube channel. Please let us know how we're doing. Leave us a rating and review, and don't forget to share with your family and friends over social media or by spreading the word in the lineup. To learn more about Freshwater Surf Goods and to check out our products and services, visit freshwatersurfgoods.com. Sign up for our newsletter so you can stay up to date on new products, new episodes of Permastoke, events, our sup and yoga schedule, and other exciting news. Don't forget to follow us on social media as well you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Freshwater Surf Goods. But if you're a part of the surf or sup community or a surfaholic wanting to connect with your tribe and stay informed as to what's happening all across the Great Lakes and Canadian surf scene, then join our Facebook group, the All Canadian Surf and Sup Club. At Freshwater Surf Goods, we are currently in need of artists and graphic designers to help us with new product designs. We need photographers to provide great lakes in both east coast and west coast surf photography we need musicians for music on the podcast hey we want to make this a real community effort and have you all be a part of it or if you have an idea for collaboration would like to recommend a future guest would like to invite me to an event or book me to teach supper yoga or if you'd like to carry our products in your store or you're interested in being a sponsor of the show And for anything else, hit me up on social media or email me at Derek at FreshwaterSurfGoods.com. That's Derek spelled the Viking way. No double R's or C's, just D-E-R-I-K at FreshwaterSurfGoods.com. I look forward to next time and getting to know you all better. In the meantime, I'm your host, Derek Hyatt. Mahalo, freshies. Keep surfing and stay stoked.